the princess nobody a tale of fairyland by andrew lang after the drawings by richard doyle this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. ballad of dedication to all you babes at Home park this book i dedicate a book for winter evenings dark too dark to ride or skate i made it up out of my pate and wasted midnight oil interpreting each cut and plate the works of dicky doyle when weary winter comes and hark the treviot roars in spate when half you think you'll need the ark the floods so fierce and great think of the prince and of his mate their triumph and their toil and mark them drawn in all their state the works of dicky doyle now if my nonsense hits the mark if winnie pop and kate think tales of fays and giants stark not wholly out of date another time perchance i'll prate and keep a merry coil though ne'er i'll match the drawings great the works of dicky doyle and boy girls may you ne'er know fear nor hate boys feel like mr royal and please don't say i desecrate the works of dicky doyle chapter one the princess nobody once upon a time when fairies were much more common than they are now they lived a king and a queen their country was close to fairyland and very often the little elves would cross over the border and come into the king's fields and gardens the girl fairies would swing out of the bells of the fuchsias and lull on the leaves and drink the little drops of dew that fell down the stems here you may see all the fairies making themselves merry at a picnic on a fuchsia and an ugly little dwarf is climbing up the stalk now the king and queen of the country next to fairyland were very rich and very fond of each other but one thing made them unhappy they had no child neither boy nor girl to sit on the throne when they were dead and gone often the queen said she wished she had a child even if it were no bigger than her thumb and she hoped the fairies might hear her and help her but they never took any notice one day when the king had been counting out his money all day the day when the tributes were paid in he grew very tired he took off his crown and went into the garden then he looked all round his kingdom and said ah i would give it all for a baby no sooner had the king said this than he heard a little squeaking voice near his foot you shall have a lovely baby if you will give me what i ask the king looked down and there was the funniest little dwarf that ever was seen he had a high red cap like a flower he had a big moustache and a short beard that curled outwards his cloak was red like his cap and his coat was green and he rode on a green frog many people would have been frightened but the king was used to fairies you shall have a beautiful baby if you will give me what i ask said the dwarf again i'll give you anything you like said the king then promise to give me nianti said the dwarf certainly said the king who had not an idea what nianti meant how will you take it 
i will take it said the dwarf in my own way on my own day with that he set spurs to his frog which cleared the garden path at one bound and he was soon lost among the flowers well next day a dreadful war broke out between the ghosts and the giants and the king had to set forth and fight on the side of his friends the giants a long long time he was away nearly a year at last he came back to his own country and he heard all the church bells ringing merrily what can be the matter said the king and hurried to his palace where all the courtiers rushed out and told him the queen had got a baby girl or boy says the king a princess your majesty says the nurse with a low curtsy correcting him well you may fancy how glad the king was though he would have preferred a boy what have you called her he asked till your majesty's return we thought it better not to christen the princess said the nurse so we have called her by the italian name for nothing nianti the princess nianti your majesty when the king heard that he remembered that he had promised to give nianti to the dwarf he hid his face in his hands and groaned nobody knew what he meant or why he was sad so he thought it best to keep it to himself he went in and kissed the queen and comforted her and looked at the baby never was there a baby so beautiful she was like a fairy's child and so light she could sit on a flower and not crush it she had little wings on her back and all the birds were fond of her the peasants and common people who said they could not see why the first royal baby should be called nianti always spoke of her as the princess nobody only the courtiers called her nianti the water fairy was her godmother but for a fairy reason they concealed her real name and of course she was not christened nianti here you may see her sitting teaching the little birds to sing they are all round her in a circle each of them singing his very best great fun she and all her little companions had with the birds here they are riding on them and tumbling off when the bird kicks and here again you may observe the baby princess riding a parrot while one of her maids of honour teases an owl never was there such a happy country all birds and babies playing together singing and as merry as the day was long well this joyful life went on till the princess nianti was growing quite a big girl she was nearly fourteen then one day came a tremendous knock at the palace gates out rushed the porter and saw a little dwarf in a red cap and a red cloak riding a green frog tell the king he is wanted said the dwarf the porter carried this rude message and the king went trembling to the door i have come to claim your promise you give me nianti said the dwarf in his froggy voice now the king had spoken long ago about his foolish promise to the queen of the water fairies a very powerful person and godmother of his child the dwarf must be one of my people if he rides a frog the queen of the water fairies had said 
just send him to me if he is troublesome the king remembered this when he saw the dwarf so he put a bold face on it that's you is it said the king to the dwarf just you go to the queen of the water fairies and she will have a word to say to you when the dwarf heard that it was his turn to tremble he shook his little fist at the king he half drew his sword i'll have nianti yet he said and he set spurs to his frog and bounded off to see the queen of the water fairies it was night by the time the dwarf reached the stream where the queen lived among the long flags and rushes and reeds of the river here you see him by the river how tired his frog looks he is talking to the water fairy well he and the water fairy had a long talk and the end of it was that the fairy found only one way of saving the princess she flew to the king and said i can only help you by making the princess vanish clean away i have a bird here on whose back she can fly away in safety the dwarf will not get her but you will never see her again unless a brave prince can find her where she is hidden and guarded by my water fairies then the poor mother and father cried dreadfully but they saw there was no hope it was better that the princess should vanish away than that she should be married to a horrid rude dwarf who rode on a frog so they sent for the princess and kissed her and embraced her and wept over her and gradually she faded out of their very arms and vanished clean away then she flew away on the bird's back chapter two in mushroom land now all the kingdom next fairyland was miserable and all the people were murmuring and the king and queen were nearly melted in tears they thought of all ways to recover their dear daughter and at last the queen hit on a plan my dear she said to the king let us offer to give our daughter for a wife to any prince who will only find her and bring her home who will want to marry a girl he can't see said the king if they have not married pretty girls they can see they won't care for poor nienti never mind we can only try said the queen so she sent out messengers into all the world and sent the picture of the princess everywhere and proclaimed that the beautiful princess nienti and no less than three-quarters of the kingdom would be given to the prince that could find the princess and bring her home and there was to be a great tournament or sham fight at the palace to amuse all the princes before they went on the search so many princes gathered together all full of hope and they rode against each other with spears and swords and knocked each other about and afterwards dined and danced and made merry some fairy knights too came over the border and they fought with spears riding beetles and grasshoppers instead of horses here's a picture of a joust or tournament between two sets of fairy knights by all these warlike exercises they increased their courage till they felt brave enough to fight all the ghosts and all the giants if only they could save the beautiful princess 
well the tournaments were over and off all the princes went into fairyland what funny sights they saw in fairyland they saw a great snail race the snails running so fast that some of the fairy jockeys fell off on the grass they saw a fairy boy dancing with a squirrel and they found all the birds and all the beasts quite friendly and kind and able to talk like other people this was the way in old times but now no beasts talk and no birds except parrots only now among all this gallant army of princes one was ugly and he looked old and odd and the rest laughed at him and called him the prince comical but he had a kind heart one day when he was out walking alone and thinking what he could do to find the princess he saw three bad little boys teasing a big daddy long legs they had got a hold of one of his legs and were pulling at it with all their might when the prince comical saw this he ran up and drove the bad boys away and rubbed the limb of the daddy long legs till he gave up groaning and crying then the daddy long legs sat up and said in a weak voice you have been very kind to me what can i do for you oh help me said the prince to find the princess niente you fly everywhere don't you know where she is i don't know said the daddy longlegs mournfully i have never flown so far but i know that you are all in a very dangerous part of fairyland and i will take you to an aged black beetle who can give you the best advice so saying the daddy longlegs walked off with the prince till they came to the black beetle can you tell the prince said the daddy longlegs where the princess niente is hidden i know it is in mushroom land said the beetle but he will want a guide will you be my guide asked the prince yes said the beetle but what about your friends the other princes oh they must come too it would not be fair to leave them behind said the prince comical he was the soul of honour and though the others laughed at him he would not take advantage of his luck and run away from them well you are a true knight said the black beetle but before we go into the depths of mushroom land just you come here with me then the black beetle pointed out to the prince a great smooth round red thing a long way off that is the first mushroom in mushroom land said the beetle now come with me and you shall see what you shall see so the prince followed the beetle till they came to the mushroom climb up and look over said the beetle so the prince climbed up and looked over and there he saw a crowned king sound asleep here is the prince comical you see he is not very handsome and here is the king so sound asleep try to waken him said the beetle just try so the prince tried to waken the king but it was of no use now take warning by that said the black beetle and never go to sleep under a mushroom in mushroom country you will never wake if you do till the princess niente is found again well the prince comical said he would remember that and he and the beetle went off and found the other princes 
they were disposed to laugh at being led by a black beetle but one of them who was very learned reminded them that armies had been led before by woodpeckers and wolves and hummingbirds so they all moved on and at night they were very tired now there was no houses and not many trees in mushroomland and when night came all the princes wanted to lie down under a very big mushroom it was in vain that the black beetle and prince comical warned them to beware as they marched through mushroomland the twilight came upon them and the elves began to come out for their dance for elves only dance at dusk and they could not help joining them which was very imprudent as they had plenty to do the next day and it would have been wiser if they had gone to sleep the elves went on with their play till midnight and exactly at midnight the elves stopped their play and undressed and got up into the boughs of a big tree and went to sleep you may wonder how the elves know when it is midnight as there are no clocks in mushroomland of course but they cannot really help knowing it is exactly at twelve that the mushrooms begin to grow and the little mushrooms came up now the elves covered every branch of the tree as you can see in the picture and the fairies did not know where to lie down at last they decided to lie under a very big mushroom nonsense they said you may sleep out in the open air if you like we mean to make ourselves comfortable here so they all lay down under the shelter of the mushroom and prince comical slept in the open air in the morning he awakened feeling very well and hungry and off he set to call his friends but he might as well have called the mushroom itself there they all lay under its shade and though some of them had their eyes open not one of them could move the prince shook them dragged them shouted at them and pulled their hair but the more he shouted and dragged the louder they snored and the worst of it was that he could not pull them out of the shadow of the magic mushroom so there he had to leave them sound asleep the prince thought the elves could help him perhaps so he went and asked them how to waken his friends they were all awake and the fairies were dressing the baby elves but they only said oh it's their fault for sleeping under a mushroom anybody would know that is a stupid thing to do besides we have no time to attend to them as the sun will be up soon and we must get these babies dressed and be off before then why where are you going to said the prince ah nobody knows where we go to in the daytime said the elves and nobody does well what am i to do now said the prince to the black beetle i don't know where the princess is said the beetle but the blue bird is very wise and he may know now your best plan will be to steal two of the blue bird's eggs and not give them back till he tells you all he can so off they set for the blue bird's nest and to make a long story short 
the prince stole two of the eggs and would not give them back till the bird promised to tell him all it knew and the end of it was that the bird carried him to the court of the queen of mushroomland she was sitting in her crown on a mushroom and she looked very funny and mischievous here you see the prince with his hat off kissing the queen's hair and asking for the princess oh she's quite safe said the queen of mushroomland but what a funny boy you are you are not half handsome enough for the princess niente the poor prince blushed they call me prince comical said he i know i'm not half good enough oh you are good enough for anything said the queen of mushroomland but you might be prettier then she touched him with her wand and he became as handsome a prince as ever was seen in a beautiful red silk doublet slashed with white and a long gold-coloured robe now you will do for my princess niente said the queen of mushroomland bluebird and she whispered in the bluebird's ear take him away to the princess niente so they flew and they flew all day and all night and next day they came to a green bower all full of fairies and butterflies and funny little people and there with all her long yellow hair round her there sat the princess niente and the prince charming laid his crown at her feet and knelt on one knee and asked the princess to be his love and his lady and she did not refuse him so they were married in the church of the elves and the glow-worm sent his torches and all the bells of all the flowers made a merry peal and soon they were to travel home to the king and the queen chapter three lost and found now the prince had found the princess and you might think that they had nothing to do but go home again the father and mother of the princess were wearying very much to hear about her every day they climbed to the bartizan of the castle and looked across the plain hoping to see dust on the road and some brave prince riding back with their daughter but she never came and their hair grew grey with sorrow and time the parents of other princes too who were all asleep under the mushroom were alarmed about their sons and feared that they had all been taken prisoners or perhaps eaten up by some giant but princess niente and prince charming were lingering in the enchanted land too happy to leave the flowers the brooks and the fairies the faithful black beetle often whispered to the prince that it was time to turn homewards but the prince paid no more attention to his ally than if he had been an earwig so there in the valley magical the prince and the princess might be wandering to this day but for a very sad accident the night they were married the princess had said to the prince now you may call me nianti or any pet name you like but never call me by my own name but i don't know it said the prince do tell me what it is never said the princess you must never seek to know it why not said the prince something dreadful will happen said the princess if ever you find out my name and call me by it 
and she looked quite as if she could be very angry now ever after this the prince kept wondering what his wife's real name could be till he made himself quite unhappy is it margaret he would say when he thought the princess was off her guard or is it joan is it dorothy it can't be sybil can it but she would never tell him now one morning the princess woke very early but she felt so happy that she could not sleep she lay awake and listened to the birds singing and then she watched a fairy boy teasing a bird which sang so the boy said out of tune and another fairy baby riding on a fly at last the princess who thought the prince was sound asleep began to croon softly a little song she had made about him and her she had never told him about the song partly because she was shy and partly for another reason so she crooned and hummed to herself oh hand in hand with gwendoline while well, yet our locks are gold he'll fare among the forest green and through the gardens old and when like leaves that lose their green our gold has turned to grey then hand in hand with gwendoline he'll fade and pass away oh gwendoline is your name is it said the prince who had been wide awake and listening to her song and he began to laugh at having found out her secret and tried to kiss her but the princess turned very very cold and white like marble so that the prince began to shiver and he sat down on a fallen mushroom and hid his face in his hands and in a moment all his beautiful hair vanished and his splendid clothes and his gold train and his crown he wore a red cap and common clothes and was prince comical once more but the princess arose and she vanished swiftly away opposite you see the poor prince crying and the princess vanishing away thus he was punished for being curious and prying it is natural you will say that a man should like to call his wife by her name but the fairies would not allow it and what is more there are still some nations who will not allow a woman to mention the name of her husband well here was a sad state of things the princess was lost as much as ever and prince charming was changed back into prince comical the black beetle sighed day and night and mingled his tears with those of the prince but neither of them knew what to do they wandered about the valley magical and though it was just as pretty as ever it seemed quite ugly and stupid to them the worst of it was that the prince felt so foolish after winning the greatest good fortune and the dearest bride in the world he had thrown everything away he walked about crying oh gwen i mean oh nianti dear nianti return to your own prince comical and all will be forgiven it is impossible to say what would have happened and probably the prince would have died of sorrow and hunger for he ate nothing if the black beetle had not one day met a bat which was the favorite charger of puck now puck as all the world knows is the jester at the court of fairyland he can make oberon and titania the king and queen laugh at the tricks he plays and therefore they love him so much that there is nothing they would not do for him 
so the black beetle began to talk about his master the prince to the bat puck commonly rode and the bat a good-natured creature told the whole story to puck now puck was also in a good humour so he jumped at once on his bat's back and rode off to consult the king and queen of fairyland well they were sorry for the prince he had only broken one little fairy law after all and they sent puck back to tell him what he was to do this was to find the bluebird again and get the bluebird to guide him to the home of the water fairy the godmother of the princess long and far the prince wandered but at last he found the bluebird once more and the bird very good-naturedly promised to fly in front of him till he led him to the beautiful stream where the water fairy held her court so they reached it at last and then the bluebird harnessed himself to the chariot of the water fairy and the chariot was the white cup of the water lily when he pulled and pulled at the chariot here he is dragging along the water fairy till he brought her where the prince was waiting at first when she saw him she was rather angry why did you find out my goddaughter's name she said and the prince had no excuse to make he only turned red and sighed this rather pleased the water fairy do you love the princess very much said she oh more than all the world said the prince then back you go to mushroom land and you will find her in the old place but perhaps she will not be pleased to forgive you at first the prince thought he would chance that but he did not say so he only bowed very low and thanked the water fairy then off he set with the bluebird to guide him in search of mushroom land at long and at last he reached it and glad he was to see the little sentinel on the border of the country all up and down mushroom land the prince searched and at last he saw his own princess and he rushed up and knelt at her feet and held out his hand to ask pardon for having disobeyed the fairy law but she was still rather cross and down she jumped and ran round the mushroom and he ran after her so he chased her for a minute or two and at last she laughed and popped up her head over the mushroom and pursed up her lips into a cherry and he kissed her across the mushroom and knew he had won back his own dear princess and they felt even happier than if they had never been parted journeys end in lovers meeting and so do stories the prince has his princess once again and i can tell you they did not wait long this time in the valley of magical off they went straight home and the black beetle guided them flying in a bee-line just on the further border of mushroom land they came to all the princes fast asleep but when the princess drew near they all wakened and jumped up and they slapped the fortunate prince on the back and wished him luck and cried hello comical old chap we hardly knew you why you've grown quite handsome 
and so he had he was changed into prince charming again but he was so happy he never noticed it for he was not conceited but the princess noticed it and she loved him all the better then they all made a procession with the black beetle marching at the head indeed they called him black rod now and he was quite a courtier so with flags flying and music playing they returned to the home of the princess and the king and queen met them at the park gates and fell on the neck of the prince and princess and kissed them and laughed and cried for joy and kissed them again you may be sure the old nurse was among the foremost her face quite shining with pleasure and using longer words than the noblest there and she admired the prince very much and was delighted that her girl as she called the princess had got such a good husband so here we leave them and that country remained always happy and so it has neither history nor geography therefore you won't find it on any map nor can you read about it in any book but this book lastly there is a picture of the prince and princess at home sitting on a beautiful rose as a fairy's godchild can do if she pleases as to the black beetle he was appointed to a place about the court but he never married he had no children and there were no other black beetles consequently in the country where the prince and princess became king and queen autant jadis as perrault says in half-forgotten fairy days there lived a king once and a queen as few there are as more have been ah still we love the well-worn phrase still love to tread the ancient ways to break the fence to thread the maze to see the beauty we have seen o tomchandis here's luck to every child that strays in fairyland among the frays that follows through the forest green prince comical and gwendoline that reads the tales we use to praise o tomchandis end of the princess nobody a tale of fairyland by andrew lang after the drawings by richard doyle